This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome back to the WellMed Guys, your favorites, I hope. Dee and Jack are here. And Jack, I got to say, when I was getting dressed today, I'm feeling like Chesley from like Parent Trap. I feel like I'm giving like those vibes. Giving Chessie vibes? I'm giving Chessie vibes today. Are you wearing an oversized denim? Is that what that yes, is? Oversized, den- oversized yes. denim. I mean, de- Je- Chessie didn't wear like a, a crop or anything, but you know. I just, you know what I thought you said when you said you're giving that? I thought you said I'm giving chesty, like chest, oh, chesty, like boobalicious. And I was yeah, like, I'm kind of doing that too. I was like, well, I hope so. <laughs> Show those babies off. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to wear a cute outfit and it just, it wasn't happening today. I I have today off. I'm doing like a bunch of like moving stuff. I took all of my pictures down off my wall. I feel like I'm living in just this like dystopian like little apartment and there's like specks. I filled in all the nail holes and like now I got to paint it and I don't know. It's just, whew. Wow. Lots yeah. happening. It sounds so like you've been- happening. Really productive. And I've actually been extremely productive this week too. Like just yeah. getting shit done. Getting I've been shit trying done. To. It's exhausting though. Which is a perfect segue into today's guests and today's episode <gasps> with I know Danielle. Were you just so excited for this episode today? I've been I've been wanting to get her on the pod for like at least a year. And I think I may have like put like a typo or something in their email initially when I sent it like a year ago because I never got a response back. But then I emailed again and got a response. And we have the Dr. Sasha Hamdani, the most gorgeous, amazing brain to grace the WOMED and talk about ADHD and especially ADHD in women. I am so pumped, Jack. I can't wait i have such a girl crush on her i just i just i just love a woman with a brain like a big brain i love big brainy energy she has a incredible brain she is so smart and so stunning you guys we hope that you love this episode with dr sasha hamdani aka the psych doctor md enjoy we'll catch you on the other side 
today we have the Psych Doc MD joining us, Dr. Sasha Hamdani. We are so, so, so excited to have you on. I feel like I've been on, I've been on like a therapy journey for like the last year and a half. Here for it. Amazing. Yes. Love it. It's been the best thing I've ever done for myself. Truly. But I feel like as we like really started getting in the weeds, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, I feel like I. <laughs> Everybody gets that like, point. <laughs> well, yes, yes. But like basic human tasks of like functioning in life. And I'm like, why can't I do these things? Yeah. And we keep trying to set aside a session to talk through and do like an ADHD eval. But yeah. something else always comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I still haven't gotten to do it yet. But I told her, I was like, no, we are locking this in. I am talking with Dr. Hamdani. We <laughs> are going to do. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about it. No, nothing else is going to come up. And we are just going to focus on my next session. So, but yeah, yeah. that's, I that's love my it. tangent for the, <laughs> for the morning. <laughs> no, I like it. It's, you know, with, with ADHD evaluations, I don't know. I think I'm biased, but especially as a woman, like I feel like stuff comes up all the time and we prioritize everything else ahead of that. And then once you actually get into ADHD management or treatment or behavioral stuff, and you actually start learning how to manage your brain, you're just like, oh, well, (laughs) should have done that a long time ago because that impacts literally everything else. But I, for whatever reason, we just don't prioritize that because maybe we're thinking of it just too discreetly in terms of focus when it really just bleeds into literally every aspect of our lives. Everything. Totally. And I I mean, like, obviously, I don't know if I have it or not, but I haven't been able to get around to doing an ADHD eval. But one thing that my therapist and I were discussing was that she told me that women are so much more likely to get diagnosed later in life. Yeah. And I was like, that's wild to me because everyone associates, or at least I did for a very long time until I started following you, like the typical what you think of as like the hyperactive child and it's usually guys or boys and stuff. And when you think of a woman who has ADHD, like it's so different. So different. So launching into women getting late diagnosis. That's a well-documented phenomenon, right? So basically, even when I'm older than you guys, (laughs) what I was significantly, I I can't even have that conversation with you guys, but I- um, I'm older than I look. I'm older than you are. (laughs) (laughs) When I was younger, it, it wasn't on, it not only wasn't on like the public's radar, but it wasn't really in, in like the physician screening radar. So unless you were this hyperactive and disruptive boy in school, you wouldn't really get screened. And that's like stemming from this, that's how that trope of the hyperactive boy kind of progressed. So what happened was this entire generation of women kind of got skipped over because they were mostly inattentive. And so they weren't this disruptive or a hyperactive presentation of ADHD. And they progress through schooling. Now, the other thing that's happening is that these girls 
typically had a lot of anxiety as well. And whether that was from the ADHD or whether that was another discrete thing, but that anxiety kind of propelled them forward. So they're like, I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm going to keep kind of progressing through. And that's what kind of got them through. So the quality of life wasn't great, but they got from point A to point B, right? But then what happened is that, okay, maybe hormones hit, maybe puberty happened. And now things are starting to fall apart. And instead of a physician being like, wait, 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 wait. I think this could be a focus thing. I think this could be ADHD. I think this could be like just a psychiatric diagnosis. They're passed off as these are hormones. You're a nightmare. Let's move on. And so they weren't, nothing was really addressed or they were improperly diagnosed with depression, anxiety when it wasn't really that. Then they go through all that. They get through that. They get into college. They're out of the structure of whatever their home life is. They get through college. They Maybe um, they go through all that, but now they start getting into relationships. They started having families and now they start seeing it in their kids. Mm-hmm. The kids get diagnosed. They recognize that that's stuff that they're experiencing and now they're getting diagnosed and that's thirties, forties. Like you, wow. you've missed the majority of your formative years. I feel like you've just completely spoken in to my childhood <laughs> in ways that like I didn't fully Mm -hmm. comprehend until like this exact moment because I actually fun fact I had the worst first grade teacher of my life um but she was very cruel to me oh she had my parents test me for she thought I was having what is the like the daydream seizure where you're just like inattentive in class yeah. But like I sat in like the wrong desk once and um, I got st- like absence seizures, yeah. like when you just kind of like, yeah, stare. yeah. And I had a- I would think that's pretty specific. Like I, mean, I would think you would know if you had those. Right. But anyway, right. I had to go through had a whole like EEG, you know, it was first grade and all that stuff. And I had so much anxiety around school projects, stuff that I had to, you know, do if like I had to speak in public or all these things. And I'm just like, oh, I wonder if that's it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that a lot of times when you are an adult and you're starting to conceptualize and think about ADHD, you're looking back retrospectively at all of these different life events you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're looking at things right. in a completely different lens, right? But once you start thinking about it in this unique lens, like, did I miss ADHD? A lot of stuff falls into that category, and a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally conceptualize with um, focus, like because mm-hmm. ADHD, it's not just a focus thing, right? You're also dealing with things like poor judgment. You're dealing with impulsivity. You're dealing with emotional dysregulation. Do you know how important those three? areas of regulation are in being a teenager like (laughs) so difficult to navigate those waters successfully if you're having problems with judgment having problems with impulsivity having problems with like keeping your emotions regulated like that's a minefield for a teenager and adult and kid it's horrible and you throw puberty into the mix totally (laughs) totally it just makes it like a, a time that's exceptionally difficult anyway Having this diagnosis and then having this diagnosis either misdiagnosed or undiagnosed or what what I'm hearing a lot of it is like you suspect it and it was just passed off. Like you're like, nope, you're a girl. You can't have it. That's what is maddening to me. 
because there's so much early intervention in their stuff that there's there's a sense of validation once you get, or at least in my experience, I feel like once you understand that you're this isn't a you thing, that there's an actual diagnosis behind it and that your brain is wired a little bit differently, it just a lot it gives you a little bit more grace. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. With what you're comfortable with, can you share a little bit more about your personal experience and how that shaped you getting into this work? Yeah. So, I was just kind of, you know, I was doing my own thing. Fourth grade rolls around. And I started a riot in my classroom. <laughs> like, I got these little fourth graders to stand up on their desk and start screaming at <laughs> teacher. And like, you're now, Matilda. <laughs> I am. Like Matilda without any of the badass powers that come with it. I was just like, I, I mean, there was something. I, and like now, in retrospect, like seeing my own kids go through school, I'm like, I, I cannot, like the teachers have to go through so much already to have this little asshole screaming at at the teachers and like inciting a riot that I can't, I'm so ashamed. But anyway, <laughs> that came up and immediately, like, you know, my teachers were like, okay, this isn't a one-time deal. She does stuff like this all the time. Like, you got it. You've got to look into something. And so my mom is a pediatrician. She got me into one of her partners. They did an assessment and it was like pretty readily apparent. And I think, and I'm, I'm grateful for this. I presented like a boy. I was really hyperactive. I was really disruptive. I had problems with physical impulsivity, like fidgeting, walking around, always in other people's space, which hasn't gone away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that, that, I think that saved me. From like, because I think if I was primarily inattentive and I was doing okay in school, it wouldn't have been picked up. It was because it was so robust. I think that's why it was picked up. So I got diagnosed. I was started on medication. It was still really early on, and not a lot of people were talking about ADHD in my parents. And I was a super sensitive kid, super super sensitive. So my parents were like, "I don't know how to broach this, and I don't want to scar her. She already feels like she's kind of different in the first place. So we're just going to tell her she's taking a vitamin." So this is a vitamin. It's going to help you focus. Cool, man. Vitamin was super helpful. So I took my vitamin throughout. I did well enough throughout my schooling um, that I got into med school out of high school. But that was the first time I went away. Uh, So I went away. So I was like 
17 turning 18 left for the first time i had never been away from home and like freedom of being away from home doing my own thing having my own space i obviously stopped taking my vitamin and i felt like i had a stroke like i legitimately was like i went from being i mean and it, this is not to sound braggy but like in high school I felt like I was one of the smart kids. Like I didn't have to try really hard and and school was my whole identity. Like that's what I was good at. That's what people would associate with me. Sports were not my thing, but that school I could do. Same. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) School I could do. But then when I got to med school, I felt like all of that kind of got blown out of the water. And I was with other really, really smart kids that kind of had it all together and knew what to do. So like within the first semester, like I was already like they were putting me on academic probation. I was pretty sure I was on my way out. And so, you know, my dad was my mom and dad were great in in the way that they were like they were helping me study for an exam, like really buckled down, kind of like they helped me study in, in high school. But then they were like, we just if this is stressful for you walk away. You don't have to, but the biggest part of this that you're missing is that your brain works differently. So instead of focusing on studying and doing all of this stuff, channel all those efforts and learn about your brain. So I spent like a week and a half at home doing nothing but learning about ADHD, about the controversy, about like how your brain works. And I thought my parents handled that really beautifully in that they were just like, use your resources, spend all the energy because that's going to serve you better. And then it became a journey of finding the right medication. And I'll tell you, the rest of med school, like I felt like I was climbing out of that hole and I never really got on top of it. I I really didn't. I like I was I was in survival mode from that time on because I could never really quite get it together. There were a time where I was like, I don't have ADHD. That's dumb. Like I've been tricked for years taking a vitamin. (laughs) I do. That's not wildly obvious. Um, (laughs) I, but so like, it took me a while to kind of wrap my brain around it, to accept that I had it. And then how I wanted to intervene, a lot of medications didn't work for me or they kept me up for days or I would stop eating. So it just, Mm. it just got, it, it was a journey finding that. And then I miraculously made it through medical school, realized I wanted to do psychiatry. And then I got into a psychiatry residency, which was a full dream. Like I, I, could not believe I ended up there. And that's when I was surrounded by therapists and psychiatrists. And they, like, from the minute I got into that uh, program, they were like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> like, let's start over. And they, like, they broke down everything in, like, like, they taught me basics, which I had never learned before. This is how you break down a test. This is when you should be eating. This is when you should be sleeping. This is when you should be drinking water. Like stuff that I felt like my whole life was just like kind of throughout medical school. It was totally chaotic. I would Mm -hmm. eat when I could. I would drink when I remembered. I would do all of these things because like I was already so behind and they taught me how to do all that stuff. And eventually because of that, they got me to a point where I didn't have to be on medication anymore because they built those behavioral habits so strongly. That was a long answer. <laughs> no, I loved it. I mean, well, like it, you have a long story. It's a long story. You know, it's involved. There's layers. There's so, there's so many questions in there. And I love that Jack actually interjected this question in there because I feel like when it comes to medication and how to, you know, treat ADHD and and like those different like behavioral patterns, it's like 
are we are we getting like a bunch of kids, a bunch of people that are on these medications that shouldn't be, or what are the what's the downfall of just like stopping these cold turkey like when you're on them for so long? And you know, like I mean, I live in Nashville. All these musicians are on Adderall and Coke and whatever, but like, you know, mm-hmm. or like they have to drive across the country for another show and they're like, Oh no, I'm just gonna pop an Adderall and I'll be fine. And I'm like, that doesn't feel good in my heart for you. <laughs> yeah. And... That's not the journey I want for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's insane is that I think that when you really need Adderall, mm-hmm. it doesn't become this bright, shiny thing that you feel like your life is like night and day different and you're a super person. You Mm -hmm. feel normal. You feel like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. for the first time I can actually do stuff at a level that everybody else can do it. And like and but like that's why people with ADHD are forgetting to take their medications or they're like they're late to pick up their medications. It's not something that they're jonesing after or chasing a high. Mm-hmm. And so when a lot of people, they ask me about this concept of like, do you think it's underdiagnosed? Do you think it's overdiagnosed? Do you think you're overmedicating? Do you think you're undermedicating? I say that it is such a complicated answer because it highly depends on the population, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a huge subset of the population that is miserably underdiagnosed, absolutely mm-hmm. needs to be diagnosed, but because of whatever socioeconomic pool they fall in or cultural pool they fall in or racial pool they fall in immediately it's dismissed as a behavioral problem like mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. instead of being like right. no this is a neurodevelopmental thing and it's generationally passed on this isn't behavioral i think there's also a huge portion of people that don't need to be on it that really need to be working on behavioral skill sets and it's not a deficit and it's being used as for like a competitive advantage I think that's appropriate prescription of it either. So I think it. I think it's it. It's highly dependent, and I think it mm. it takes a a skilled provider to be able to synthesize that information about how the patient presents, how significant the disorder is, and what the right treatment is, whether it's behavioral or whether it's medication or what it is for that person. Because I think at the end of the day. I, I, in my heart of hearts, I like I get it. I'm a psychiatrist. Medication is such an important tool to use, but I think because I'm coming at it from the perspective of being a patient and a prescriber, mm-hmm. I also know like there are a lot of downsides of the medication. So if there's a way that we can utilize medication as a tool, so you can build and cement pathways, so that you don't need to rely on it as heavily, that's like optimal. Wow, that's such. I love that answer. It's you. You answered it perfectly, honestly. And those questions are so broad. And you're absolutely right. It really is dependent on the population. Whenever you're talking about these kinds of questions, you're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads.
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I know Danielle's probably doesn't want to ask because she's doesn't want to make this podcast all about her, but I'm curious. As her best friend and business partner, there have been so many moments when Danielle's like, well, something will happen and she'll say, Jackie, I swear, I think I have ADHD. I'm going to get evaluated. But we also Good, have um, such, a, such a heavy population of women that listen to our podcast, mm-hmm. um, 20s, 30s, 40s. I'm curious what some of those other symptoms are that people should maybe be looking out for if they are on the fence, like they think that maybe they were misdiagnosed or that aren't so common. Right. Um, what are some of those things that people should look out for later, later in life? So I tell people that, you know, it's, it's not your job to figure out what your internal environment is. It's not your job to figure out your diagnosis. Mm. You don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't need to be looking for specific things and synthesizing a diagnosis. Like if you do, if you, if that's what you're looking for, and if that's what you want to do, fine, man. But people go to school for a majority of their lives to be able to figure out the nuances and put together that information. And it's it's a skill. It's a skill to be able to do that. So what I tell people is really when you should be reaching out and asking for help is when you're confused, like when you mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. And when you're, it's not necessarily that you're looking for symptoms, but when you're like, I think something's wrong. What is this? <laughs> go and like just barf that out to your doctor. And it's their job to kind of figure it out and put it together. Because the thing about it is that it's broken into three types. It's broken into inattentive, hyperactive, and combination or combined, which is a mix of the two. The inattentive is the stuff you've kind of, you know, maybe not, now you're starting to hear about it more in the presentation of women. So inattentive, forgetful. Um, difficulty organizing things, difficulty initiating and completing tasks, maybe not being super receptive when people are talking to you directly and people are like, are you listening to me? Inattentive. When you're thinking of the hyperactive, you're thinking about more of the impulsivity and the hyperactivity and physical nature of it. So fidgeting, difficulty staying in your seat, verbal impulsivity, like blurting out an answer or interrupting other people or being hyper-talkative. Those are all kind of the hyperactive and then obviously combined type or a mix of the two. So if you're having symptoms like that, worthwhile to talk to someone. But what I tell people is that in the greater scheme of ADHD symptoms, there's a lot of stuff that's not in the DSM, or at least I have a lot of beef with the DSM. I think there, I think ADHD is much wider of a scope and people just get really dialed into simply the focus stuff and they, they leave out a lot of the other stuff that it's impacting, which I think is important to note because I think that that in terms of severity, I think that's what there is, I mean, ADHD impacts so much more. So I think that a provider should be able to tell you if you're having concerns about those things, cool, you can go to your doctor and talk to them. But also ADHD, you can have mood dysregulation that happens with it. You can have heightened sensitivity to things that can happen with it. You can have sensory deficits that happen with it. So if you're confused, if it's accessible to you, I would go and ask for help. So with that, like most people, I mean, I actually can't say that. I don't have a primary care physician, which I'll, that'll be like on my list of things to do once I get up to Cleveland. But <laughs> on the, the big task list that I'm going to have to make for myself 
But I do you feel like most people kind of maybe get overprescribed medications when they go to like their primary as opposed to like finding an appointment, getting in with like a psychiatrist or a therapist or, you know, something like that. Again, I don't I don't know because it, it goes two ways. There's some primary care doctors who are like, I'm not going to touch anything psychiatric, like no mm-hmm. way I'm not going to deal with it. There's some primary care doctors who are very willing to deal with psychiatric stuff and either they do it beautifully or they do it terribly. Like sometimes it's like way out of the scope of what they should be treating and yet they do. And again, to some degree, I can't even fault them because access to care to most medicine, Mm -hmm. especially psychiatrists, is miserable. It's so hard to get into a provider. So I think that you know, we get, we get care where we can, but what mm-hmm. I tell people with ADHD, one of the most important things with ADHD is that as a starting step, if you know you have it, or if you don't, is just learning about your brain. So if, if access to care is not really an option for you, there's so much with ADHD that you can do behaviorally to optimize your life that is more accessible that you should start doing and you should, because I think it gives you a lot of clarity and it gives you a lot of direction because even if, you know, with a psychiatrist, you're getting medications, you're on the perfect medication. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of that you have to do kind of on your own. I cannot wait to get my hands on your book. Uh, you wrote you should a book. Have sent it to you. I, I mean, car. you still can if you want. <laughs> I know that was the that was like the perfect segue, like talking exactly about how there's so many other things that you can do for yourself to promote your health and your mental health. So is that kind of what in, is what led you to write the book or tell us a little bit more about the book? Guys, the book is not a very good story. I mean, it is a good story, but it's like <laughs> low key, a little embarrassing. So I so I started off on TikTok. Um, just doing ADHD advocacy and awareness and educational videos, right? And then I branched out onto Instagram, partially because my sister was like, TikTok's going to get shut down. Log all the stuff. So I was like, okay. So I got onto Instagram and I had a, a pretty small, or not small, but I had like 20,000 followers. So nothing like I wasn't big on, on that by any means. And Simon and Schuster reached out and they were like, we have this idea for a book and we have this idea in terms of using people that are influencers on, on social media. So I like low key, I think that they kind of wanted me because they think that I would promote, like I'd be like a built-in promotional uh, thing. Gotcha. But I took it and I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. Cause I had wanted to write a book for a while. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have the organizational skills to do that. And I think with the publishing house, they, you know, I had someone dedicated to help me keep me organized during that time and keep me on deadlines. And I truly think that was the reason it was able to synthesize into something. But by the end of it, I was really happy with what I had written. I, I mean, I wrote the book that I wish someone had handed to me when I started medical school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the book is called Self-Care for People with ADHD. and. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean it like I really can't wait to get my hands on it because I'm trying to learn about my brain. I'm trying to see if this is something that I mean, maybe I've just talked myself into it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know, knowledge is something that we have control over. And I feel like that's something that I 
crave and need and I want to know what's going on inside of all of this. And I was talking to my boyfriend about it and he's like, well, like you don't you don't like act like someone with ADHD. I was like, well, babe, it is so different in men versus women. Like women are getting diagnosed later. Like you don't have the same things. And he's like, well, what do you just do? You, do you feel like you need a script or something? I was like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just want to learn how to like manage it or like what is making my brain tick <laughs> in certain ways. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, so the book was, the book was, wonderful i wrote the book and like i finished writing it in november of 2021 and based on that i was like that's great i'm really happy about like being able to write the book and i think that i i like it because it's small chapters and you can kind of like pick it up from wherever and it's just it's not like heavy reading but the book like morphed into this app um which we've been working on called focus genie I don't know if I even told you guys about that. Uh, yeah, focus. I you. saw it on your profile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was yes, I was just looking at it too. Yes. It's incredible. It's, wow. You guys, it's so cute. So I just had a development meeting earlier this morning about it, and we're like kind of in our final stages and getting ready to for the release next month. But basically, the focus genie is like all the educational stuff that I wanted to say, but in like not, you know, a lot of people, they just don't do well with reading for them, right? So this is quite literally like Instagram swipe throughs. So you just swipe through, get these educational knowledge bits. But then in addition to that, you get to use these productivity tools and like breaking down a task and it's all gamified. So it's kind of fun when you're like accomplishing things. <laughs> there is like study buddies that you can work with and enhance your productivity there's music that enhances those that brainwave that helps you focus and calm down mm. there's just tons of stuff on that which I felt like I just feel like ADHD is a space that doesn't have enough everything's so pay gated and then mm-hmm. this is it like it's a it's an app with a subscription thing obviously but because I have no money <laughs> Um, and I needed to pay for development. So everything I've earned from social media has kind of gone into that. And so this is going to supporting the oh. development and ongoing kind of thing. But like other apps are, you know, they're 50 bucks a month or something absurd to, and so everything with ADHD, I think as that, as the interest for ADHD has gone up, there's also been a lot of exploitation of it. Mm-hmm. Just because everything, everything, everything is so gated, and that's why there's been this explosion of those apps that were like shooting out scripts to people. And there's been, you know, like uh, other doctors that previously weren't interested in ADHD at all who have suddenly become specialists in this, and they had no additional training or things like that. I think it's just become this new part of medicine that is a little bit more you know, people are starting to understand that there's like this increase in awareness. And so they're trying to see that their business opportunities coming out of it, which I guess I'm doing too, but it's not for a bad reason. I'm doing it to help people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're not exploiting the system. You're providing a lot of free educational material and so like, so, so much help for, um, for the mental health community and for people that like, 
And I think a lot about parents too. Mm -hmm. parents that see behaviors in their children and are kind of on the fence. Like, is this something I should bring up to the doctor or they do bring it up to the doctor to like pediatrician or primary care. And maybe they feel like they need to advocate a little bit harder for their children. Yeah. I guess like to end, I'm, I would just like love for your insight or advice to either anyone that's listening that has struggled with ADHD or parents that have children of ADHD from you personally and just as a provider, just some like insight and just some, some ending with some love here. Yeah. What I tell everybody who's who, like whether you're diagnosed or not, right. I think going through and navigating through the human experience is difficult. Going through the human experience while concerned about ADHD or concerned that your brain is not going to be responding in the most predictable manner makes it so challenging. And I think that one of the most important things you can do is just educate yourself and allow yourself to understand how your brain works to give yourself a little bit of grace in that. Because I think that for so long, so, so many years, more years than I would care to admit, I beat myself up up about my symptoms. Like, I'm dumb. I'm lazy. I can't do what my peers do. I shouldn't be in medicine. I I mean, and you hear it not just from your own internal monologue, but you hear it from many people around you also that have a poor understanding of this. Like I had, I had one of my attendings when I was in medical school and like, this is the dude who's supposed to help me like get into residency and shepherd me through my education. And he was just like, you know, I don't think this is for you, but you're here and maybe God put you here for a reason. And this is where you'll find your husband. And I was like, what? (laughs) No. And like, I, I was like, I think about that. I'm not even, I think about that exchange once a week, probably, because wow. I'm like so embarrassed that I didn't totally go off in that moment. But I think I was just so sad and scared when it happened yeah. that I just like shut down. And I was like, whatever. But like, I think about if someone said that to my own daughter, I'm off to train her <laughs> to go for their nuts. Like, just kill them. <laughs> because like, that's that like that this is not a woman's worth. This is not, Mm -hmm. you're not put on this earth to find a spouse. Like this is all about understanding your brain and cultivating the beautiful parts of you and learning how to manage the parts that are more difficult. Like, and so it's, it's doable. It just comes from understanding and deep diving in there. Oh my God. I feel like I could talk to you forever because especially with like the whole like it's it's almost like the patriarchy has completely dictated what ADHD looks like in women. Yeah. And then it's refusing to to budge when women actually ask for help because then they're yeah. like, well, we never saw that before. And it's like, well, I've spent my whole life trying to mask and like fit this little mold. And now yeah. I'm like I'm, I'm not highly being functioning. To validate my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's just, it's, it's a, but like, right. Isn't that just kind of being a woman? You're getting put into these positions where you're forced into a double standard just by nature of your gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're born with a uterus and things are just harder. (laughs) Harder. It's not ADHD. (laughs) You're just too emotional. That's why you can't rule. You're too emotional. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. And it just, it becomes. Took a dark turn. 
it's so difficult. It's so difficult because it's like, why am I having to justify my existence and my spot at the table a mm-hmm. um, hundred different ways when I'm looking at someone who's less qualified, who but is male? Yeah, That's dumb to me. I, I find that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Your brain just works a little differently. It doesn't mean you're just there to find a husband in med school. Honestly, those people were full on freak shows. So no thanks. (laughs) I really cannot believe that they said that to you. I'm like, that's actually kind of shocking. I mean. It was, it was so bad. It was so bad. And like, I remember after that happened and like, it took me like three days to process what happened because I was, I was. I was devastated. I was so, a bit, I, I, I just like, I, there was so much going on in that moment. I'm like, cause by the way, what I should say is that when this was happening, he was physically walking with me and started packing up my office at school. So like he had a box and he's like packing up stuff while he's giving me this talk. And I'm like, like, I couldn't even stop him. I'm like, all, my whole effort was like, don't cry in front of him. So I'm like <laughs> trying to like look at lights and it was just so horrible. Oh but then when God. I finally told my dad about it, like three days later, my dad tried to get on a flight because he was like, I'm going to fight him. <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> so mad. He's like, I cannot believe someone would say that to my daughter who my entire life, my dad's like life's work is to raise a girl who could stand on his, her own two feet. And he's like, I've never, ever, ever wanted that for you. And honestly, he's like, Jesus. I don't even know if you're going to get me, right? So, like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a wild card. So he's like, we can't, like, no. Oh, but, my God. Yeah. I love your dad. <laughs> he's fully awesome. He's, it, but my mom and my dad, I mean, I think about, and this is probably, like, a generational thing or whatever. And, like, first-generation immigrants, like, they came from Pakistan to here and then, like, got their education here. But, like, my dad was 26 when he had me. My mom was 24 or yeah, 24. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I was still like actively trying to figure out a good teeth brushing schedule at 24. Like I don't, I, I can't <laughs> be in charge of my own life. So I, I like, I think about that now having kids and I'm like, I don't know how they did it. They're such good parents. So like inherently like nurturing to make mm-hmm. strong kids, which I really appreciated. Shout out to the sweet parents out there. The sweet, strong, encouraging parents. Yeah, right? It's good. It's important. And it's hard. Yeah. How they do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sasha, just to kind of close things out, where can people find you? Where can people buy your book, especially? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok and um, YouTube now. And it's the psych doctor and doctor spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-M-D. Um, and on there, there's like links to the book, there's links to the app, there's links to just other media. And, and then there's just like a whole bunch of educational stuff on there. Amazing. Amazing. And we'll have to make sure that we update everyone when the Focus Genie app launches. You said it's coming next month. It's coming next month. I was toying with doing it on Valentine's Day because I think that that's like a way more fun thing to celebrate. <laughs> 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 I have to get my 
life together. I'm there with that. that. <laughs> right? And this app sounds like it's not just for people with ADHD. Can anyone use this app? Anyone that wants to focus more? Because please, I, I, I'm like, you're hyper I don't think focused. I, <laughs> I know, but no, I mean, I get distracted. <laughs> I'm like, this sounds like a really helpful app for anyone. It's so it's been, so I went into, because like story of my life, I, I get these ideas like straight up in the middle of the night and I write them down and then I don't execute them ever again. So I came up with this idea and then I was like, I really want to pull through and make this a thing. And so my sister, who is like the least ADHD brain I've ever seen, like her brain works like in a grid. And I just don't understand it at all. <laughs> she helped me with this. And we've both been using it for like nine months. And she loves it. And I love it for totally different reasons. But she's like, it keeps me organized. It keeps me productive. It keeps me like in line. And she's like, and it helps me understand what's going on with you better. And I was like, okay, cool. So I love that. Yes, this sounds, that sounds like me. That's that, that so funny. Like I, I, think <laughs> I sound like your sister, but I, this is why the app sounds so, it's like, sounds so fun for me. Cause I'm like, oh yes, more ways to like make lists and be organized. <laughs> oh, you gigantic nerd. Yeah. You love it. Yeah, it's she fun. is. <laughs> it's super fun. I think, it's, I think it's like a really nice way of like, I, I mean, I've tried productivity apps and like, Jack, maybe you're just better at that stuff, but I, I can't, I can't maintain motivation for it. Like I'll do it Same. for like three weeks and then I'm like, mm, like three days <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> we're done. This doesn't exist to me anymore. So I think just like the gamified component of it and like actually getting to like see your progress, because one of the best things about this is that by using the app, it gets filtered into like these personalized insights. So you actually see how you're improving. Like these are the tasks mm. I'm doing. This oh. is my productivity. This is my wellness. They have a tracker for like how much you're drinking, how much you're eating. Like what's your focus? I, it's so cool, guys. <laughs> I cannot tell you enough. It's my it's my literal child outside of my actual children. It's I uh, love it. And I love, I love the name. Yes. Focus Genie. I my mom came such up a with great that. name. I thought it was really dumb initially, but now I'm obsessed with it. No, I love it. <laughs> I, I, love and I was it. like, you're not allowed to talk anymore about that <laughs> dumbest idea I've ever heard. And then now I'm like, oh, I love it. <laughs> well, Sajda, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. I yeah. really, like, I really hope we get to meet in real life soon. That oh, would be so. incredible. We'll be retreat in Ojai for sure. Yes. We'll do that. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you love that episode as much as Jack and I loved recording it. You can find Dr. Hamdani on Instagram and TikTok. Um, she is at the psych doctor MD, and doctor is all spelled out. You can also um, find links to order her book, Self Care for People with ADHD. Did I say that right? Yeah, Self Care for People with ADHD, anywhere on her Instagram or TikTok. As always, leave us a little love. Every like, share, review really helps the podcast and allows Jack and I to keep bringing you incredible guests like Dr. Hamdani. Yes. Happy Friday, everyone. We are so grateful for all of you tuning in with us every week. We have some really bomb guests coming also following this month oh and next God. month. So be sure to stay tuned with us here and on all of our socials. We love you so much. On that note, WOMED out. 